Kilncast, a podcast all about Scottish whisky and culture, with Alex, Ali, Ian and Otto. So, get comfortable, grab your dram and enjoy. Hi everyone and welcome to this Kilncast supplemental episode. Um, it's a rather, uh, a rather chaotic supplemental episode. Uh, we're actually without producer Otto in this supplemental Um a lot is of things this, have gone uh, wrong supplemental already. episode? Sorry, Alex, is it? <laughs> I think this might be a supplemental episode. <laughs> <That's> Ian, <huh? laughs> a, that is a, for those of you who didn't catch that, that's a supplemental episode. Thank you very much, Ian. Um, yeah, we're without producer Otto in this uh, in this mini podcast, we'll call it. Um, so it's just myself, uh, Ali and Ian this evening. Um, we just thought we'd, we'd record a little thing just to discuss a, a couple of things that have happened recently um, in the Scotch whisky industry, mostly looking at whisky tourism. Um, and we've also got a rather exciting drink to talk about at the at the top of the show as well. So, chaps, how are you? Ali, how are you getting on? Oh, not too bad. Uh, not the most positive news coming out of Glasgow in terms of levels and tiers and all that kind of thing. So still not able to go and breach the threshold of a pub, which is uh, slightly demoralising. Um, but uh, I can still drink as much as I want outside uh, until the police take me away back to my flat again. So, you know, it's not... <laughs> All negative. You know, um, you're not supposed about to you treat Ian? the police as a free taxi service, right? Oh, but they're so handy. Just three <laughs> numbers to remember. <laughs> Ridiculous. How are you getting on, Ian? I'm doing grand. Um, unlike Ali, I'm not in Glasgow, so I enjoyed a couple of pints tonight inside a pub. Um, me and the lovely wife went out for a meal, which was very nice. Um... And it was a bit strange having a drink inside a building that's not my own house. So that was very good. I should say, since the last time we recorded, Ian has uh, officially become a pensioner. Um, <laughs> and by that I mean Ian turned 30 the other week. So happy birthday, Ian. I don't feel a day over 45. You don't, you don't look a day over 50, so that's, that is good to hear. I wonder. I wonder how many of the of our listeners have just sighed massively when you referred to a thirty year old as a, as a pensioner. <laughs> I said, "I've still got four years to go." Right, I'm I'm milking it for all it's worth. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, yeah, I hopefully Glasgow will get back to some form of normal soon. I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're desperate for a pub alley. Um, oh, I am more than I should be. Yes, I'm lucky enough to live across the road from a pub, which is quite nice. So. I keep volunteering to go and get the takeaway so that I can sit outside and have a pint and feel some form of normal rain or shine. I will I will have that pint. I certainly will. Um, now, speaking of pints, or speaking of drinks, at least, um, as I said, we're going to start off the top of the show with a, um, a tasting of a, a product that we were sent by a chap called Jim um, from the fabulous Outlaw Rum. Now, Outlaw Rum is a, a rum that's been distilled in uh, Trinidad in the Caribbean before being sent to Scotland to mature in ex-whiskey casks. Um, Jim was very kind enough to send us a bottle of it, um, which Ali has distributed amongst us to have a little taste of. And uh, we're all enjoying a little glass of it just now. So, chaps, what are your thoughts? Ali, I'll come to you first. Um, initially, it's for me, it is sweet, but it's definitely not sickly sweet like you do find with you know, if someone if if someone says rum, I think a lot of people just assume it is going to be just that real sickly sweet style of rum. But this, Spice for me anyway, rum. yeah, exactly. Uh, this has that kind of slight funkiness to it and earthiness as well as obviously the sweetness as well. Very very drinkable. I I've got mine with a with a wee ice cube in it just now, and it's just kind of freshened it up a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, very, very easy drinking is uh, is what I'm finding. Nice. What about yourself, Ian? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I kind of started to get into rum um, a wee while ago now uh, through my dissertation, which was which was on developing a rum, uh, which was fun and uh, exciting and got to learn a wee bit about the history and how it's made from there. So, And then you stumble down to the Blue Blazer where they have the rum of the month, uh, which was always a good shout to try all the new ones. So I've had a few and this this is definitely very good. Um, I wouldn't say one of my favourites, um, but it's, as Ali said, it's beautifully drinkable. It's It's got that kind of typical sweeter caramel notes that you expect from a, a nice matured rum uh, and buttery and coconut notes as well mm. I too have mine on ice this evening and it's going down very well uh, mm. very enjoyable, so thank you very much for that Jim Absolutely. Oh, I, will, I will say as well just uh, as well, I know the bottle and how it looks isn't everything but it definitely helps when it is a lovely looking bottle and it certainly certainly is that, it's got a kind of nice Black label, gold writing, nice and simple, but but looks really yeah. I expensive. wonder what the the outlaw part where they're where are they going from with that? Yeah, I was wondering like because there's a there's a sword on there that kind of looks like a claymore. So, oh well, I, I was some... I was wondering if they were like maybe trying to sort of have some sort of connection to like your William Wallace, Robert the Bruce kind of thing, you know, having I that suppose, yeah, like connection. Because I guess you've got like to... the you know the pirate. Caribbean style pirate rum, but then ah uh, yeah, with the sort of Scottish rebels, I, I don't know, but um, yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm drinking it straight. I'm just having it in a in a Glencairn, and um, rum's not a category that I've I've hugely explored. I've, I've probably had a lot more rum cask whiskies than I have just just straight rum, but I've got a couple of rums on the shelf these days, and I was quite surprised to drink this because I think most of my experience has been with either you know proper spiced rum or just with with white rum, um, mm. so I was actually genuinely really surprised how much i enjoyed this just just drinking it by itself very very sweet quite a lot of sort of orange satsuma flavor coming through initially um and then yeah the the one that, that you said ian that, that really stands out for me is the coconut coming through on the finish over there i've i've got about half the bottle left and i think once we're finished on the call i might make an old-fashioned and i was just about to say the nice the orange notes in there would be absolutely would be lovely in an old-fashioned I drunk, I drunk on my sample. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Ali can send another one. Don't worry, he's got he's got plenty sitting there in Glasgow. Yeah, no, that would. But no, um, yeah, I'm very impressed with that. Um, Definitely. I've had a few rums from Scotland um, over the past years, and some of them haven't been to my taste. They've all been sickly sweet, and it's that spice rum category that I'm not a massive fan of. But yep. this this matured stuff, they they say it's a kind of a marriage of three, five, seven, ten-year-old rums in there, um, maturing at an ex whiskey cast in Scotland, something a bit different as well. Um, maybe different climate. Does that slow the maturation down? You would think, from what the Caribbeans used to, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, that's a that's a very good one. So one to keep an eye out for for sure. Outlaw rum. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the- what percentage is this? I believe it's 40%, just 40%. Percent, it's 40, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just having a look at the website earlier and, and sort of looking at the, some of their Instagram content, the the one that really caught my eye was the, the Isla cask aged outlaw rum. That, I can't even begin to think what that would taste like, having that sort of combination 
of the yeah. of, of the sweet rum within the Isle of Cask in there, I guess it might bring well, out some of that funkiness you talked about. Alex, I can tell you exactly what it tastes like. Um, because he, <laughs> he actually sent me a sample and I uh, and I drank it myself. <laughs> why am I surprised? Why is it your address that we gave out? <laughs> yeah, that seemed like a that seemed like a mistake, I should say. See, that's what happens when you get to the Instagram messages first. Oh, ah, there you go. I still that's, don't know how to log into the Instagram page. So that's, that's why I turned notifications on the other day, because I want it all. <laughs> but but no, no, it, it, was, it was lovely. Yeah, and you know, the, their website looks amazing, and it looks like they're going to have some, some quite exciting products coming out in the next couple of months as well. So if that's something you're interested in, um, as I said, check them out. It's outlawrum.co.uk, um, and you'll find them on Instagram. Let me just get the, get the handle exactly right. I think it's just at outlawrum. Um, is uh is their handle but yeah it's um it's really cool stuff and as i said i'm not a i'm not a huge rum fan traditionally it's not something that i've i've drank a lot of so i was uh i was very impressed with the with the product yeah yeah it's just well done guys it's, um it's at outlaw rum it's just their it's just their handle so yeah check them out i'd love to catch up with jim a bit more and ask about mm. What they plan on, on doing? On the podcast, are they planning to make yeah scottish yeah, rum or I they think just... we'll definitely have to get jim on the podcast because sure. that's uh it's, it's something we're seeing a lot more of. We In a sort of conversation beforehand, we mentioned things like Dark Matter and stuff like that, and of course mm-hmm. the, the Sea Shanty rum as well from, from Seaside, from Barnabene. Um, so it's, it's good to see more rums produced in Scotland as well as rums that are produced overseas and then matured here. So I always wanted to make one when I was on Rassi for a Rassi rum, but no, let's that make gin, they said. <laughs> <laughs> We know we know Ali's opinion on gin from a recent Instagram post, but yeah, um, uh, there's not enough gin in the world, of course. There really isn't enough gin in the world. There really isn't. Um, and uh, yeah, if, <laughs> can you not make rum at your new distillery, and is that not a is that not a venture you want to go into? No, no, fair enough. I mean, these boys have got it right. They buy in to mature because yeah. molasses is an absolute bitch. Um, it wasn't when we were when I was working just small scale. I was doing one liter stills or whatever. But by God, that stuff is sticky. <laughs> <laughs> and on Talking that, of, uh, that, on that, that, is, that is a great tagline. My yeah. God, that yeah. stuff is sticky. Killing cast. Killing cast. <laughs> oh God. <Being> <laughs> That's another. What was what was the previous ones? It's uh, fine mildly if you like that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, like a fart in a spacesuit. That uh, was the one. Uh, <laughs> We're getting some good, good tag. As we here. always say, un- under promise. No, yeah, under uh, under promise, over deliver. Not the other way around. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we've got time to discuss Ali's new label uh, maker that he's obviously bought himself. But oh a yeah, few, a few samples from you, and all beautifully labelled. Even As, my address has been printed. I, I noticed that. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I'm gonna. Is that, you know was what? That a wee Amazon Prime deal you got yourself there? <laughs> you've absolutely <laughs> smashed it. Yeah, that's exactly. I was, what. To, I was trying to think <laughs> like, like what, let's what leave we that for the next on. podcast. Or, well, I was trying to think what we should put on Instagram. Um, to sort of talk about the outlaw realm and I think I will just put a picture of Ali's label maker that's uh, beautifully done Ali I was very pleased when it arrived um, thank you very much right moving moving swiftly on to the, the main topic of our conversation this evening um, as we're recording this we're sort of the midway through May at the moment um, and hospitality and tourism is, is properly starting to, to reopen um, we discussed in the, in the news segment for the Stephanie McLeod episode about, about bars and restaurants opening but we're looking at a lot more tourism reopening, especially in the last week. Um, and with that is coming the reopening of whiskey distilleries. Um, 
I've been lucky enough to visit Royal Auchnagar already since it reopened. I was there just the weekend gone. Um, I'm actually sitting sipping away at, as well as my rum, uh, the 12-year-old from Royal Auchnagar. It was a really get, great to just get to go back into a distillery and, and, and see how they were getting that what they call a, a rusty nail cocktail <laughs> rum and whiskey, isn't it? it was... I mean, I could mix the two of them together and give it a go. <laughs> I know, again... You'll fall asleep when I'm halfway through this, but I know Queen Victoria used to drink a rusty nail of Royal Loch Nagar and brandy mixed together. Oh, just Yeah. Hell of a woman, Queen Victoria. Let's see if we can find any brandy around the flat to <laughs> mix the two That's of them another together. tagline. <laughs> Queen Victoria, hell of a woman. Kiln cast. Queen Victoria, hell of a woman. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, I was really impressed at the visit to Royal Loch Nagar. Um, obviously, they're a, a, a totally wee distillery by the, the modern standard. But um, it was just really good to see how, how the staff producing. Uh, <laughs> it's no passion in that. They're just how much are they producing? Um, <laughs> they didn't think they were totally. They're just shy of half a million liters a year. They're about four. It? Yeah, they're about four hundred fifty thousand. Um, they've only got two washbacks, two stills, and yeah, that's it. And they're 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 quite an odd distillery. Like anyone that follows Instagram might have seen. I, I put up a couple of pictures in the in the still house and stop trying to get followers, Alex. Ian, that is literally what we're trying to do. Um, and, oh, did you put it on our Instagram? I put it on the, yeah, I put it on the Kilncast Instagram. It's good to know that you keep an eye on it, Ian. But you're self-promoting um, again. No, no, no. Again, this is what this business is about. No, I put it on the Kilncast Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, they're the stills that they have there. Um, they're quite they're quite wee stills. They've got you know a, a descending line arm. They've got worm tubs. So the stills that they have are basically geared to produce quite a heavy spirit but they've decided yeah they've decided they want to produce a light spirit which is one of these like i don't know who made that decision based on the equipment that they had but essentially they they run their stills very slowly and they actually the water in their worm tubs is actually mostly heated so they're they're sort of increasing their copper contact as it's coming through the worm it sounds like a very strange way to do distillation and our distillery manager ian is looking very, very puzzled as I'm explaining this. But it, it produces essentially... Easier just popping a wee purifier line and that descending line arm back in the main body and then 20 quid's worth of copper, you're sorry. Pretty <laughs> much. I mean, it would be easier it for just... You, <laughs> it would be easier just to not produce a light spirit, basically. No, it's interesting. It's, it's With these historical ones, it's, it's interesting to, like, when did he make that choice? Because... Yeah. They wouldn't have done it in the first place, but no one's ever going to try it. Whenever Loch Nagar opened, I have no idea how old it is. But, 1845. Um, okay, so it is an older one. Like That was obviously not what they used to make. So at what what year did they get a manager turn around and say, nah, fuck it, let's make a lighter spirit? When like, did they decide it was going to go into Johnny Walker Blue Label? I well, this is exactly what I was about to say. I, with my, my knowledge of, of the history of, of DCL that's now become Diageo, I'm going to assume the sort of 70s, 80s is when they decided, actually, we need blending stock. Because I know that's when a lot of DCL distilleries were redesigned. There's, there's people talk about your classic DCL still house. Um, you know, close enough to me, Aberfeldy, my, my closest distillery, they have a very classic DCL still house. And that's when a lot of these distilleries start to change their styles. So I reckon probably around about then. Again, that's a complete guess. So I could be like 100 years out, but... And that's what we do on Kilncast. We make <laughs> harsh assumptions. <laughs> we make rel- Kil- Kilncast relatively educated guesses. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're going. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, our main topic for discussion this week, um, however far in we are now, um, is basically whiskey tourism reopening. And we decided we'd just record a wee, a wee segment, a wee supplemental episode um, to discuss... Uh, You'll take a drink every time you say it. <laughs> Halfway oh, through I'm the bottle. I'm going to get you drunk. Um, I apologise in advance to Otto for having to edit this nonsense. I know. <laughs> this is what happens when Otto's not here. Um, basically, yeah, just to discuss previous whiskey tourism experiences that we've had um, and any that we're looking forward to or we would like to have in the future. Um, so we'll start with, we'll come to, we'll come to Ali first, just because he's taking a drink at the moment. Um, and start off with Ali, what's, uh, what would you say is the best distillery experience you've ever had? Oh, the best distillery experience is a hard question. I'll pretend I haven't written down about 10 things in front of me and <laughs> quickly choose last minute, um, which one I'll go for. Um, well, okay, okay. A few just to, just to kind of put out there before I say kind of one I'm thinking of. Ooh, Lindor's building Abbey, the I tension. I know. This <laughs> man studied higher English. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know I did A-levels. Um, oh, <laughs> I, I forgot Gordon Sims um, was in England. Okay. <laughs> um, L- Lindor's Abbey as, as a new old distillery um, hybrid type, type effort I think is probably up there with one of the most beautiful distilleries in Scotland, regardless of, of age, not just one of the most beautiful new ones, but overall just one of the most stunning distilleries. They also, of course, employ Elliot, who's incredibly beautiful, so that helps. Who is the most stunning man in whiskey as exactly. well. Exactly. Um, that is very true. Um, and there's a few others, I could say, but my, but my favourite is probably Glen Scotia uh, in Campbellton. Um, I went down to, went down to Campbellton um, for a job interview. Um, I was not successful. <laughs> um, but the, the first, well, and you can imagine if it wasn't Glen Scotia I went for a job interview with, um, I, I left the interview, got changed at the hotel, and then went straight to, to Glen Scotia to, to have, a wee, have a wee look about there. Um, had uh, an amazing tour guide, uh, had, a wee, had a wee wander around, and enjoyed it so much that I, I actually went for the premium tour uh, and just did it the, the next day. So I, I did it literally twice in a row. Uh, can I, the first can I just time I ask, it. when you went for the premium mm. tour, did you pay? Uh, listen, Alex. I'm just, <laughs> I may have... I've never seen the inside of your wallet, so I was genuinely quite curious. I may have sent a message on Instagram to someone who organised... I was going to say, like, the notes inside your wallet have a picture of Robert the Bruce on them, never mind oh, Elizabeth II. Like, in terms that of... Whiskey tourism, bring back. I've never been. I would love to go, mm. but I think they've nailed it. You can pay them a small fortune, and they just put you to work for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> like it just it, it baffles. When I heard this, I thought someone is paying to do my job. I was like, imagine, mm-hmm. like I could, someone could pay me, and then I could get my salary, and my job could still be getting done. I'd be laughing. <laughs> oh, I mean the. I think just Campbellton in itself, just the three distilleries that are obviously so close together, they've all got these kind of weird kind of quirks to them. I mean, Kilcarran's or Glengyle is brilliant because it's literally a Frankenstein's monster of distilleries. They've got all they've got an old mill from here, old stills from here, old washbacks from there. And so you're kind of going around and you're able to point at all these kind of historical bits of kit, which are now being put to use to make some really funky, cool spirit. Um, 
that's awesome. Obviously, you've got, you've got Springbank that does every single part of the process on site, malting to bottling, which is really cool. And then Glen Scotia as well, who are trying to kind of do these kind of different innovative things in terms of like what casks they've got going on and their tasting offering is really cool with using different ports, red wines, etc. It's a if you've never been to Camelton, uh, as you know, it is a tricky place to get to, um, oh, but it's no, definitely it's, well worth it. It's Springbank that you pay to work there, isn't it? You said yeah, Springbank. That, you, did, you did say Springbank. Yeah. yeah, and you were talking about. Um, what was He's it, talking about Glen Scotia. <laughs> I'm just bringing it back to you know, bringing it back to to my point. Yeah, um, but <laughs> you're getting it eventually. <laughs> I get, I'll get there eventually. Yeah, like a boomerang. Yeah, um, but no, it, it was brilliant. But Camelton overall is, is amazing. I know a good song about Camelton. Should we sing it, boys? Oh, I don't. I don't think we've had enough drums yet. No, I don't think so. Glad I only really need a sip, and I'm singing it. It's fine. <laughs> um, from what Glen Scotia have turned around and done, I think as well. Like we all, we all remember the bottles, don't we? Well, we've actually, I was, we've actually talked about this on a previous podcast already. Yeah. Oh, is it a podcast coming up? I can't remember. No, it's a previous episode. Um, yeah, yeah, those uh, those lovely coloured bottles that yeah, we used to have, but, but like, it's they turn it around and yeah, it's it's fantastic oh, I mean, stuff. You, I'm yeah, I'm sitting here sipping on the Glen Scotia double cask, right? Forty six percent bourbon PX matured, and you're what, what's that being sold for? Something ridiculous, like thirty five quid or yeah, something yeah. less. Yeah. I mean, value for money, that has got to be up there. Yeah, and it's amazing, One, top quality there for like good affordable like obviously there's amazing whiskies that you're not gonna crack open on a what is that tuesday night and drink but mm-hmm. yeah like that is it's for what you're getting in the price like i could not argue that's probably one of the best deals out there to be honest yeah yeah 100%. So i'll probably say that the next whiskey i drink as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> just really like whiskey um so what about yourself ian what would you say is your best distillery experience oh again with Ali, it was a tough one when you when you posed this question to me I had to have a think. Um, there's been a few, most of them shared with you two. Um, but funny enough, my favourite one was when you weren't there. <laughs> Check out. Check out. Uh, I think I think one of the best tours I've done would be Ardbeg. Um, back a few years ago, a group of us went over after our last exam uh, on a Friday at uni. Um, we hopped in my wee Citroen and we drove the long road to Kenna Craig from Heriot Watt um, <laughs> and we hit over to Isla for 10 days of camping, hiking and distillery tours and yeah Ardbeg stands out, it was beautiful location just down by the water. We walk in, um, hello how are you, uh, oh you're studying brewing and distilling, whiskey's on us. No bother. Hmm. So I was oh like, oh, this goodness. is a good start. And then our tour guide, and this, I think we've discussed tour guides before, but the tour guide was actually 16 years experience in production. And then he'd kind of semi-retired and he was just given tours because he enjoyed it. And right. the knowledge this gentleman had, it was outstanding. And he, he bled our big, he loved it. And his passion just got us motivated. And we were just like, this is amazing. And then we go down and sit on the bench right by the water and he pours us the the 10, the Ugadeo and the Corrivrecken as part of the tasting. And then I was we were just chatting away and I said, well, that Ardbeg Isla Gator, um, like 
lovely, lovely dram. Um, heavily charred cast like the alligator. Oh, beautiful. Hang on a minute, and he runs up and he comes back out, and he's got an Ugadale bottle with a sticky note on it that says alligator. <laughs> 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 and he pours us a dram, and I was like, "You're having me on." Um, and he's like, "Ah, no, this was just like a." a they filled the wrong ones or something like that. So it's just, it was just like a post-it note that said alligator on it. Um, we still had some good deal in the glass, so it was definitely a different whiskey. Um, but yeah, that was just a fantastic day. Uh, and then they also have a beautiful cafe where we had like the freshest lagustine um, for lunch as well. So yeah, I would say Ardbeg. No, so I'm, I'm, just I'm, out of interest, is, is Ardbeg, was Ardbeg your favourite eyeless whiskey going into it or... No. Well, you're a Lafroig oh, man, okay. aren't you? Not so or much these of, days. Because um, I'm, I'm more of a, I'm a Lafroig fanatic. I, I love Lafroig. I think my, my favourite going in would have been Lagavulin. Yeah. And we had a lovely time at Lagavulin. The lassie that gave us a tour, like, they were, they were like, okay, you pay, well, we got in for free because we were friends of the malts or whatever the passport thing was. Um, and you get the one dram. On the tour, fair enough, that's that's your policy. Um, same standard Ardbeg tour, you get that. We paid a wee bit extra. And got more. But she did pour me the 16, then walk away and said, don't you touch the cash strength or the 12, and then winked and walked away from us. So <laughs> good, for, good for you, Hen. Um, and now she's your wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think Lagavulin was my favourite. It probably still is in terms of... Mm-hmm. The sixteen-year-old compared to like Ardbeg Ten, if you're just trying to compare mm, yeah. to standard, um, and it was a tough one because again, like all the distilleries on Isla were just so welcoming and happy to see us. Like it was, it was just a great trip. Um, mm. Yeah, Kilcoman were really good, um, and that was kind of like one of the first distilleries I've been to where they give you a wee taste of the new make, just kind of off mm. the stills. Stuff like that, so... Yeah, that yeah. makes a huge difference. Like, actually, especially, obviously, you know, Kilhoman are still quite a young distillery, or at least it would, it would have been certainly when you visited. So I even think for established distilleries, it's such a, it's such a small thing, and it's quite an easy thing for most distilleries to do. But just giving you a wee, a wee nip of the new make really helps, and in my mind, at least, to sort of establish where the spirit's coming from. And, you know, if you're... I remember when we went to Aberlauer... One of, mm. one of the trips up north and and we had that tasting that was like the the Aberlour new make 10 to 12 and then a single bourbon cask a single sherry cask and the abuna that was that a great bourbon. tasting mm. uh, i that was one of the best bottles of whiskey i've ever bought yeah. and then you know starting off with the new make and then sort of being able to refer right well that's the bourbon cask and that's the new make and that's the sherry cask and that's the new make really allows you to actually build a, a picture of the spirit in your head i think it's a great thing and Really, more distilleries should do it. Agreed. What about yourself? What about yourself, Eck? Um, well, I've decided that you know, for me, the best distillery has to be one where I've, I've been with you two because that really makes the experience, of course. Um, no, don't make us feel bad. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> no, uh, even if you two hadn't have been there, this still would have been my my favorite distillery I'd visited because um, it was just such a great experience. Um, Glendronach, when we visited. Back in 2015, I believe it was, was it Glendronach? And uh, that we just, long ago. It was that long ago, yeah. It was just Fuck. just after the Rugby World Cup back in 2015, yeah. Um, and we uh, 
we just had such a great morning. Like it was the it was Karen. Speak for yourself. Was, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> morning was terrible. <laughs> Ali and I. Well, once we got to the distillery, we had a great morning. But um, yes. my yeah. favorite trip, part of that trip, was when the woman in Tesco told Ali that he smelled. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the night the night before, we'd been in um, the Quake Bar at the Kogeliki Hotel. And uh, Ali, I had think decided, we talked about this on the first step. I don't think I don't think we told this part of the story. Okay. <laughs> Ali had decided he was going to have some cigars, and um, we obviously consumed quite a lot of whiskey. And we got to we stopped off at the Tesco in Huntley the next morning to buy some breakfast. And I went up to the counter to buy my breakfast, and I said to the lassie, "I was like, oh yeah, I'm needing this today. You know, I'm, I'm feeling a bit rough. Was on the drams last night." She goes, "Oh, I, I, I. And then Ali comes up after me, and she goes. You smell a bit more pungent than the first one. Casher card. <laughs> I've never seen him look more upset in my life. It was beautiful. I've never been speechless in my life. I didn't <laughs> no, know what to, to do. Fair. I just <laughs> you're standing there in your your Aberlour jacket, cigar fumes coming off you. But anyway, yeah. So then we got to Glendronach, and uh, then, I, then I said, "Oh, you don't have to share a bed with him," and we got chased out of town. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, not to cast dispersions on Huntley. Um, but Glendronic was lovely. We had uh, we had Karen as our tour guide. I'll never forget Karen. Um, oh, Ali, Ali at one point asked for a polo shirt in size extra wee. And she got Ali her wee soldier, which was just beautiful. Karen was great. And I remember she sat us down to the tasting at the end. And can you even remember how many drams were on that tasting? I think it was like eight or something like that. I think you no for a good... Sorry, these two have just gone. Um, and, uh, you know you're in for a good taste and we just sit down and say, we'll start with the 18-year-old. Well, that's exactly <laughs> it, yeah. We started with Glendronach 18 and worked up from there. And I remember it was just before they'd released the, the peated Glendronach. And we were talking about like how excited we were for a peated Glendronach. And she was like, oh, do you want to try some? And just like, Donald's off and comes back with a bottle and... You know, we were talking about like, oh, how cool it was. They had a self-fill and all that kind of stuff. And she's oh, well, do you want to try some of that too? And goes and gets a bottle and all that kind of stuff. You ended up buying a self-fill, didn't you? I did. uh, Yeah, you bought one of them. And it was just such a great experience. And she was so like, because it was the the three of us and our our mate Matt from from Canada. um, And then we had the, there was another group of guys there. I think were German or Dutch, I think they were. And they were. Dutch, I think. It was Dutch, yeah, because Glendronach's massive in the Netherlands, isn't it? And they were all like, I think it's just the same size. (laughs) They were all big whiskey fans. And she pretty much said at the start of the tour, she was like, right, guys. They were Europeans. They were were Europeans. So so you can give us. Shut up. (laughs) Um, And she basically just said at the start of the tour, she was like, yeah, so you guys know exactly how whiskey's made. So I'm not going to. You know, I'm going to spare you the the details that you don't need, basically. And it was just a pure, like, fact-based, these are our sizes, this is the temperatures and all that kind of stuff. And it was great. And then, yeah, such a good tasting. And it ended up, I think we all bought at least one piece of clothing. We all bought a bottle of Glendronic 15, because it was the old-style Glendronic 15. Mm -hmm. Mm. And Ian bought a self-fill. So she did well to get all that money out of the most tight-fisted Scotsman in the world. Absolutely. Now, uh, so that's the ones that we have visited and enjoyed. Um, now, the ones we hated. Now, the ones we hated. <laughs> this list is actually longer, to be honest with you. Um, I'm allowed to mention one that I hated or most, not. Most of them are in Ireland. Um, <laughs> oh, no, that's not true. Uh, if, you, if you would like to put yourself out there and mention the distillery that you hated, you can. 
No, what I won't <laughs> say, I will not say <laughs> I won't say one that I hated, but I I will say that there has been the the most disappointed I think I've I think I've been was from a distillery that and I won't I won't name them just just in case. That was what I it rhymes with. Ask from them, um, and uh, the whole time the tour guide decided that they would just tell us how terrible blended whiskey was, um, and the whole <laughs> tour was well over an hour of just this person comparing everything they did to how rubbish a blended whiskey was. Is it? And it was. Can I just hold this up and ask? Is it the branding on my Glen Cairn? Absolutely bang on. Yeah. yeah and I've okay. just and I just I couldn't get positive about their distillery because yeah. they're being so negative about something else. Similar yeah. similar thing when I went as well. Um lovely whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um beautiful distillery. Beautiful wee distillery. Yeah. It shows you the tour it's guide. A, it's can a lovely wee gem. It. Yeah. <laughs> the tour guide can can make or break it, eh? Yeah. The one I, I the one I and again we won't name names, but uh, we were one of the last tours of the day and we weren't like stupidly late and the last tour of the day was like four o'clock or something and it was mm-hmm. they advertised it as being the last tour and she was like sitting behind the towel and we were we were sitting there like oh this is cool was, oh for fuck's sakes my shift almost over eh can't wait to get home the night oh she walks up and she's like alright now the tour normally lasts an hour but let's fire it out in half an hour and you're just like, oh. yay, motivated, yeah, this is going to be fun. And it that's, was that's a five star experience. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, should say as well that we were we were all tour guides. Yeah, like, we we know how it works. We're yeah. we're not just kind of saying it as as kind of passive customers being snobby. No, like we've all no, no, you know we, we, we all were guides of the Scotch whiskey experience. We Two know us like guides and distilleries like and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I hate when I hate when I turn up to do a tour. Basically, um, I should say the worst experience I've ever had when touring a distillery. Um, Ali was the tour guide actually. Boo! Um, right, so, let's move no, on. No, I had a great experience when Ali was my tour guide at a distillery. But you were um, gonna gonna say the worst tour was when I was your tour guide on Rossi when I no, was that was hung uh, over his. That was the hardest tour I've ever done. The day after your wedding, showing us around Rossi, that was amazing. Um, no, it's so, a sign of a good tour when you have to hunt for the wedding ring first. <laughs> oh god, I forgot about that. I bet you don't play with it anymore, though. I bet it stays firmly on the thing. Oh god, where is it? <laughs> <Don't know. laughs> Ian, should you say Ian's partner makes jewelry and he has this amazing wedding ring and it, it's somewhere, hopefully. No, it's, it's safe. I don't wear it to work in case I get degloved, as they call yeah. it. That's that's a good shout. Oh. <laughs> on, on that thought, let's move yeah. on. Um, so again, well, well, I'll ask Ian because Ali's laughing too much at the thought of that. Um, what's a distillery or a or a, just a whiskey experience that you're really looking forward to visiting or hoping to visit at some point? I have been trying to arrange a trip to this distillery for a while. Um, when my wife was planning her hen do, and she told me she was going to this island I told her I'm coming on the hen do with you <laughs> um, for me it's got to be the Isle of Arran um, I'm massive fan of their whiskey um, the 14 year old Portwood is absolute cracking for an, an, again a newish distillery in terms of whiskey um, I think they're just making wonderful things they're obviously building the second one in the south of the island for their peated uh, I can't remember the name of that there was a it's lag. It's lag, open. It's, it's up and running. It's up and running. Tours. Yeah, I know. It was about, um, about a year ago now. It's up and um, 
There you go. So then I've got two distilleries to visit when I head over to Arden now. But yeah, it's just, it's one of those ones people, anyone that's been talks about it. Um, and I'm a massive fan of their whiskey. I would just love to go see see how it's made and try Arden on Arden. Um, so for yeah. me, it's there's a few on the list again that I've not had a chance to go visit. Um, but yeah, Arden, Arden for me. So hopefully soon. Now I've I've been to the island, but unfortunately, it chose we to go in January. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just shot as soon as I got off the boat. Um, no, I chose to go in January when the distillery was closed for the only month that it was closed, which was good going. Um, and it was it was back in twenty fifteen, so lag lag hadn't even started construction. Um, it's such a great island, and you know it's it's like this in every island community. Everyone everyone's very welcoming. Everyone's you know very very nice, and same in Highland communities. And uh, I. We we went to the brewery when we were there, which is which is well worth a visit as well if you're ever on the island. And I remember right. sitting in a sitting in a pub um, called the Fiddler's Arms in Brodick, and uh, I was with a group of like seven people, none of whom were drinking. Um, I didn't. I've never met seven people who weren't drinking before in my life until that point. And uh, I was obviously you know in my element because I was in a bar that had the full range of Aaron whiskies, and I was like. They had the the Macri Moore, the peated version of Aaron, as it was at the time. They had mm-hmm. the full range of that, and they had all the Aaron Amarone and Sauterne and all that kind of stuff. So I was just wanting to try as much as I could, and it got to the point where some of the locals, when they would come up to the bar to buy a drink, they sort of heard me chatting to the bar staff about it, and they would just buy me a glass of Aaron because they like knew I was interested in it. It was great. Like I had to be physically dragged out of the pub at the end of the night. Um, so um, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm determined. I, I didn't actually have to be dragged out of the pub. Um, I'd love to go back and and visit the two distilleries and and see the island because yeah, it's a it's a great place. One island that makes whiskey, beer, and cheese is a great place to go. Oh, I'd forgotten right? about the cheese. I love that cheese. I've ne- I've actually I've never been either, but it's definitely definitely on the maybe very high should, up on my list. Maybe we should go. We should take the podcast to Aaron. Yeah, <laughs> Alex <laughs> is driving. I was going to say, Ali, I'll pick you up on in the morning on the way through Glasgow. And we'll go to Aaron. <laughs> what about we, go, <laughs> we might need to go via north first. Yeah, you drive down here and then I'll drive over. <laughs> um, so, Ali, what about yourself? What's uh, a distillery you're you're looking to visit? Um, definitely. What I don't even know if it's a visitor centre is officially open yet. I don't think it is. Um, but Glen Cadham is... Definitely a distillery I want to go and see, mainly because I just think I'm look, thinking back. I've just never had a Glen Cadam that I've been disappointed with. Mm-hmm. You know, like the I think the ten year old is maybe the best ten year old is on the market in terms of like quality value for money. It's just it's just brilliant, and I, and I think more distilleries opening up on that kind of Aberdeenshire. East Coast sort of sort of area, you know. Obviously, that's in Brecon, but you've got you know Glengarry and Fetacare and all these distilleries in that cluster. I think it's great to see more distilleries in the in the East Coast offering up some some tours as well. Um, so yeah, Glencadam is definitely definitely on the list. I just had a look there, and the visitor center isn't open yet. It still says on the website that if you want to visit the distillery, it's by appointment to the distillery manager. You have Ooh. to send an email. So yeah. Um, they are, there have been talks for a while about building a, a visitor centre. I'm guessing it was going to be opening pre-COVID. 
Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll just have to wait and see what what happens was, with that. Yeah, I was I was on a, t- a Glen Cadam tasting recently. They invited me on because um, I'm quite a big deal. And yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> but just just going through there, going through the range again. Through the, through the, <laughs> the the ten, the ten, fifteen, and twenty one are just great whiskies of each of their categories. Yeah, you know, and then you start introducing port, and oh, it's it takes the port very, very well. Yeah, no, definitely. I. Uh, I'm saying yet and then pausing intensely. Um, their what's their nonage statement? Is it eighteen eighteen twenty something? Yeah, twenty five. Wasn't a massive fan of it. Yeah, that's fair. And the, I don't know if it's 40% because NAS. I wasn't sure if it's because like, I don't know. A lot of distilleries are going into NAS, and it is kind of is a very debatable topic whether or not it's a good thing and blah blah blah. But I don't know if it's just because I love the ten so much. But for me, it kind of. It went away from that nice soft vanilla sweeter notes to a bit more of something a bit harsher, and yeah. maybe just because it was a bit younger. But yeah, and it wasn't natural coloured either, was it? It was. Um, Don't think so. Yeah, and it was just it kind of taken away from. But yeah, their their portwood is gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the seventeen port is mm. just fantastic. Yeah, I mean we've we've said this before. It was like, if you want, like we we'll all get asked quite a lot. You know, oh. My pal doesn't like whiskey. I want to buy them a whiskey. What's a good one to recommend to them? And two of the first ones that come to mind for me every time are Glencadam 10 and Clip Scotia Double Cask. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, they're both very affordable. They're both incredibly easy drinking. They're both relatively easy to find. And just everybody likes them, essentially. You, you know, just to just to go full circle uh, on that question, I'd probably recommend Outlaw Rum <laughs> as well, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like that where you've got... It's, it's definitely something that's going to have a lot more to it than than most rums and most other I won't say most other spirits because that's maybe unfair but it definitely has a lot of similar qualities to to a a drinking whiskey wood at 40%. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Now we're we're dragging on a little bit. I like that our little quick podcast is now at what 40 odd minutes now. So I'll I'll finish us off with uh yeah, you then Alex where, with, where uh, are you heading? Well, for me, I would like to take myself up to Orkney um, and visit Highland Park. Um, I have always loved Highland Park. I think it's a it's a really really great whiskey. The twelve was one of the like first whiskies that I properly really got into. Um, I've had a lot of different releases from them through the years. Liked almost every single one of them. It's obviously one of the few distilleries now that uh, still does floor maltings. A percentage of it is floor malting still. It's a very historic distillery. And uh, I also, Orkney's great. You know, I was lucky enough to go to Orkney once um, uh, with with work when I was working for Scottish Rugby. Um, so I would, at least just rolled his eyes there because I never talk about it. Um, very flat. Very flat. Yeah, didn't see um, many hills. Yeah. <laughs> Played a bit of rugby <laughs> beautiful <Orkney>. islands, yeah. <laughs> no, Orkney, def- again, as you were saying, an uh, island that does beer whiskey and cheese uh, yeah mm. and uh i'm pretty sure i had some orkney butter um, mm-hmm. you get lovely fruit wines yeah um yeah it's it's a beautiful place to go visit for sure it's amazing any like history in terms of like um well the, the tombs that they have there as well as yeah. all the world war Two history um like one of the distilleries like yeah, one of the coolest all... spots on the island has to be um st magnus cathedral in kirkwall mm, which yeah. A little fun fact for you is the most northern cathedral in the world, St. Magnus Cathedral. 
really really cool it's built out of like red i think it's red sandstone it's built out of so it's like this amazing striking color and um when i was when i was there with with work because i was working for scottish rugby at the time we were we were taking the calcutta cup on tour just after we'd beaten england back in 2018 and um i said to the it was me and one of the boys from the media team that were there and i said to, to michael oh we should stop off at St. magnus and we can get some nice photos of the trophy there i actually just wanted to visit the cathedral and we didn't have time for it otherwise so we took we got the we got the trophy in and uh we were sort of wandering around looking for nice spots where they wouldn't mind us putting it down and uh the minister came out and started chatting away to us and you know he asked what we were doing and all that kind of stuff and he said oh we're you know we're up here from Murrayfield we work for the SRU and he went oh really I used to play for Glasgow back in the day and uh yeah it turned out that this minister must have been in his, I think he was probably in his like 50s or 60s something like that had played for the old the old Glasgow amateur side. So it ended up he completely cleared the altar table and let us put the Calcutta cup on the centre of the altar table. And we got these like amazing atmospheric shots in a completely empty St. Magnus Cathedral of the of the Calcutta oh, yeah. Cup. It was incredible. But none of that is anything to do with whiskey. Um so, yeah. <laughs> not at all. No, not at all. Um so no, I'd I'd love to go back to Orkney, um, spend a proper bit of time. And now that Scapa, of course, do tours now, which they never used to do, um, Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's two fantastic whiskies and two amazing distilleries that I'd, I'd love to visit out there. Yeah, totally agree. Um, maybe just some a couple of wee mentions, honorable um, mentions of I couldn't say that after a dram. So honorable honorable mention. Um, I think for for all of us, like, it's great to see Scotch whiskey experience. Sweet opening their doors. I think was yeah. it yeah. To, on recording today yesterday. Um, genuinely, if if you really are new to the whiskey category, you could do worse things than than pay a visit there and and learn a little bit about you know a little bit about how it's made, but more about the actual kind of flavours you can expect to find within within spirits and get to try a few after the the tour as well. So it's not a distillery per se. Yeah, no, I mean one one thing we've always list. said about Swee and that still holds true today, and the best thing about the visit, as far as I'm concerned, is just the sheer range that they have. You know, if you want a proper snapshot of this is the Scotch whiskey industry, Swiss the place to go. You can yeah, find yeah. something you want from it, every corner of the country. It's, it lacks production information. Um, mm-hmm. you, you learn a quick, quick introduction to it, but you're not going to learn as much as you would at a distillery. But in terms of flavour, what whiskies and sheer range, then it's the place to be, and for sure. And we're all we're obviously ex- ex-employees and we still mm. rate it very highly so we didn't leave in on bad terms so it's yeah. it's quite a nice place to work as well i will yeah. say yeah. no it's absolutely it's one thing like working having worked in whiskey tourism since we it's the rest of the whiskey tourism industry looks to sweet for inspiration you know mm. and and one of the big things that the distilleries do is they have what's just called sweet meeting and and sweet is almost like the middle ground for all these distilleries to come together and and talk about how whiskey tourism is changing so it's it's constantly at the forefront of, of whiskey tourism so yeah if you if you find yourself in edinburgh at any point and you're you want to learn a bit about whiskey or just enjoy some drams definitely get yourself this week mm. sure. are we going to mention the johnny walker experience as well well i'm very really excited for i think this we have to i have oh. yeah after just talking about sweet literally across the road <laughs> yeah it's literally oh, like you can probably see the two of them from each other but yeah i mean it you, you you know you can't get away from how exciting it is that Edinburgh's about to have its probably biggest whiskey visitor center investment ever. I mean, biggest 
tourist attraction. I mean, obviously you've got the castle, but in terms of like... We've clearly looked at our facts and figures for this podcast. But I mean, in in terms of from start, you know, from the ground up, one of the biggest tourist attractions built in the city for for as long as I can remember, which of course is not particularly long in terms of... It's a House house of Frasers, wasn't it? Um, It is, it's the old House of Frasers building. And it's, it's spanning like the whole... Seven four, floors. Seven floors. I was going to say four. I was just taking a shot in the dark, but fucking hell, seven. Is <laughs> that <laughs> including the rooftop bar? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Seven and a half. <laughs> I'm looking, no, I, I am generally, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, Johnny Walker as a brand is a massive global brand that probably everyone has heard of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To think of that as a tourist attraction in the capital of, of Scotland, it's... It's going to be amazing in terms of just spreading the word for whiskey. Obviously, they'll probably focus a lot on their own whiskey, but just in terms of sheer volume of people you expect, and where Johnny Walker's drink across the whole globe, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. And great to see. Yeah. And yeah, as I said, that rooftop bar looks amazing. Mm. I mean, their biggest challenge is going to be guests asking them why an American brand has their base in Scotland. Because one thing I've found in my lifetime of working in whiskey tourism is a lot of people don't realise Johnny Walker is Scotch. I think they hear the name Johnny Walker and they think it sounds so similar to Jack Daniels that it must be American as well. So mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully they'll be able to write that for a couple of people who, who hold that belief at the moment. But no, I, I, you guys are right. Like it's, you know, it's, it's so exciting to see that investment. And with that has also come the investment in some of the the sort of wider distilleries as well. They're doing this, I think, I was reading about it the other day, they're calling it like the four corners of Johnny Walker, I think it is. So the most recent one to open was was Klein Leash um, up in up in the north. And then obviously Glen Kinchy opened just before the last lockdown. And then there's going to be a, a relaunch of Cardew very soon as well as part of that too. Which was originally the Johnny Walker experience, wasn't it? Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, and even like when I was at Royal Loch Nagar, you know, they were talking about how they're they're getting... You know, they're, it's a tiny wee place at Royal Loch Nagar, so there's not much scope for expansion, but they were talking about how they're getting a new tasting bar and all that kind of stuff. So it's exciting in a time where, you know, we're, we're seeing a bit of a lull in the Scottish tourism industry. It's good that these investments are still happening, really. People are looking... We, it's coming back, obviously. We, we'll see the, the, the future. It's, it's been tough times for everyone, but it's good to see companies are still investing and making sure that Scottish tourism is still going to be one of the best countries in the world for welcoming and hosting guests. And I think that's a, that lovely patriotic note there for me, and is a good time to end it. Scotland, Ali's fist pumping to the sky. <laughs> Come on, Ian's off to Ian's off to cross the border with a claymore. <laughs> so we'll we'll leave it there for this evening, chaps. Um, as good. as always, folks, if you've got any any questions, any comments that you'd like to to put up. Um, just uh, give us a wee shout on Instagram. I should say I've got any guests as well. Any guests? Yeah, if, if there's anybody you you want to hear from, just give us a shout. I should say I put on Instagram yesterday if there's any distilleries that people were really looking to visit, and we had a we had a couple of responses come through from that. The we had Glenallachie, Brinkladdy, um, mm. Oban, things like Aberfeldy as well. And the one that's the one for me that really piqued my interest was Glenallachie. We were we were hoping to visit. We were up there a couple of years ago, but I think we slept we slept in. Is the honest answer. And uh, by I'll the time warn, we got our beds, it was close. Whoever, whoever said they wanted to go visit Oban, I'll warn you. I drove past that about four times. <laughs> <laughs> this, unless they fixed it, but the sign in Oban is a wee bitty squint, and it points up the high street. 
and the distillery is actually on the high street. So well, it's, it took it's me awfully, a few attempts to bloody find the place. It's awfully it windy on the west coast, so the sign's obviously been blown out uh, of proportion. The centre of town is one of the weird, like, is it, I think Pulteney is the same yeah. in uh, Oban, mm. and it's kind of like the town has almost built around the distillery. And well, it, that's exactly what like, happened. Yeah, they built the distillery and then the town grew up around it. But when I went to Oban, I'd obviously been to, I'd been to Ardbeg, Lefroig, I'd been to all these white, painted distilleries on coastlines or in the middle of nowhere and i'm like who the hell is this open distillery and i'm just going up there and doing the high street i eventually found it and then they were <laughs> too busy to do a tour for me because i didn't book ahead so also book oh, ahead. Fair. yeah <laughs> but do book ahead. and that's the other thing if you are if you are planning to go to a distillery the, the ones that are open there's quite a few of them that are open now and more will open throughout the summer as as different restrictions ease um Definitely book ahead. Uh, most places are limiting their their numbers down to sort of four and six. Um, so definitely yeah. book ahead and um, and be very nice to the staff, of course, because some of them have had a some of them have had a tough old time for the last year. Um, so yeah, very nice to the staff if you go in as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. All right, guys. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, nice, it's been nice a short hour long podcast. Pleasure as always. Yeah, a little. I love a little supplemental. Everybody take a little drink <laughs> to finish this off. And um, <laughs> yeah, um, so thanks for listening again, folks. As I said, if you if you've got anything you'd like to ask us about, or any guest suggestions, anything you want to hear us talk about, um, we're hoping to do hoping to do these every so often, just to sort of really focus in on a topic to to give it some special attention. Either um, slide into our DMs at Kilncast on Instagram, um, or email us at thekilncast at gmail dot com, um, and we'll hopefully discuss it on the podcast at some point. Right, we will speak to you all soon. Cheers. Slanjava. Cheers. Slanjava. Thanks for joining us at Kilncast. We really appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at Kilncast and let us know what's in your glass. Speak to you next time, folks. Enjoy.